Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to the final episode of More Dough Week on Executive Presence Morsels. So today, I'm going to share the number one money mistake most professionals make. And as a bonus, I'm going to start off with the number two mistake that most professionals make. And this is something that I wish I had learned earlier in my career, right? Earlier in my career, I'm just the kind of person, easygoing, I go in, I do my job, get my review, whatever, see if there's opportunities, sometimes I apply. But I was really, like if you picture like a like a piece of wood like floating down the river, I was pretty much happy just to go with the flow. And unless something forced the matter, um, I didn't really make a lot of changes. So this has less to do with um, career decisions, but more to do with being informed um, as you're considering those career decisions. So the number two mistake that most professionals make when it comes to, you know, uh, money um, is not understanding the market rates for their services. Now, what I mean by that is if you applied for a new job doing what you do at your skill level today, how much would a company have to pay to hire you or someone who's competing for that job for that person or you to take that job. Now, you may be thinking, well, it's always going to be more than what I'm making now, and, and often that is true, but that's not always the case. Market rates can actually be over or under what you're making, and that's really important, right? Not that you make the most you can make. That's not my point. My point is to understand where your salary is versus the market and preparing for that and operating that accordingly. So I'm going to share two scenarios real quickly. So one, you're grossly underpaid, right? So now you have to decide, why am I staying, right? What are the compensating factors that keep me here when I could easily get a job somewhere else doing the same thing in a similar capacity and make more money? Now, whether you leave or not, like, I can't say whether that decision is right or wrong. You may not even know whether that decision is right or wrong until after you make the decision. But the point is, being informed and understanding as you get way off kilter, like, at some point, that's going to change your mind, right? The difference between being paid $2,000 and $20,000 and $40,000 underpaid, that would definitely, at least for me, inform my decision making. Like, I would like to know that, but I never really knew that. And one way you can find that out is by applying for other jobs, whether you take them or not. You start to see the job offers or the ranges the recruiters tell you. You start to understand, wow, people who are applying for this job right now, people who are getting interviewed like myself, could earn this much, and you can really understand better what the market rate is. Now, the opposite of that is you might actually be earning a lot more at your current job than you could on the market. So how might this happen, Joe? Well, what could happen is, let's say you're really good at your job, but 
you don't particularly feel like moving anywhere. So you stay in the same position and year over year you get your company's doing well and you get these really nice raises every year. So now all of a sudden, um, let's say you're some sort of um, technician, right? I don't want to like, you know, discriminate or put anyone else down. But let's say you're some sort of like entry level technician and you're the best darn entry level technician and you refuse promotions. You know, like they want to promote you, but you don't want to go up. You just want low stress. And pretty soon you're like the highest paid technician in America at that level because everyone else is coming right out of college to get that job. You've been doing that job for 20 years and collecting those nice little raises and bonuses. Well, what's going to happen? If you lose your job or the company goes under or you have to take a sabbatical and your position's not there when you come back and you apply for that same entry-level technician job at a different company, a company that doesn't know you, doesn't care that you are making much more than before, how much of a salary do you think you're going to make? And if you tell them how much salary you were making before, how much are they really going to care? When they can get anyone else off the market that's just as talented and capable as you and has the same experience and training, well, at least necessary to do the job, and they can hire them to do that. So that's another thing to be aware of. If you are making so much more than the market, what does that mean? And how do you prepare for if something happens that you're not going to be able to find a job at all that pays that level again? So that's kind of the number two money mistake that most professionals make, not really understanding where they are in relation to the market. Now, the number one mistake, and and I wish I had known this much earlier in my career, is not understanding how you as a professional can generate income outside of a company paying you a salary, right? So think about this. Let's say tomorrow you get laid off, and for whatever reason, your industry or the companies in your industry are just like frozen up and they're not hiring new employees. They're still hiring contractors. They're still doing work, but, the, but they're kind of frozen in time and they're not really hiring, you know, people as employees to do what you do. What are you going to do at that point, right? Are you just going to wait until the companies change their mind and decide to hire employees? You're a highly skilled highly experienced professional with all these great skills, are you subject to the whims of the companies as to whether you can generate an income and a livelihood? And at this point, I would say the answer is yes, you are. And why is that? The reason why is because you, and I include myself in the you, haven't really understood any other way to do it, right? We've blissfully gone along in our career and always assumed that there'd be a company there willing to hire us. And I think it's great if you want to, if this is your path and it works out for you to be with one company or many companies throughout your career and to never go out on your own. I think that's wonderful and I think you can have a great career. The challenge is what happens when things don't work out that way and you don't know how to respond, right? And whose job is it to figure out how you can generate income outside of a company format. It's not the company's job to teach you how to do that. It's our responsibility to understand that something like this could happen. And more importantly, that you are more valuable than what a company says your salary is, right? Your skills, your value cannot be quantified 
by what companies are willing to do in order to employ you as specifically in the context of an employee, right? Your value is really boundless. And the limit, the limitation is really the limit we place on ourselves by intentionally locking ourselves into just one framework. So again, I'm not anti-employee, been an employee my whole career, hope to be an employee for, for many more years, work for a great employer. But my point is, now I'm starting to understand that, okay, if this didn't happen, I have a proof of concept. There are other ways I've been able to generate income. And so now I'm not starting freaking out from, you know, square one, uh, worried about everything and not having any idea what to do. And I apply to jobs. And if I don't get any interviews now, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like freaking out. And you don't think really well when you're freaking out. So what I'd love for you to do today is ask yourself, if you lost your job today, whether it's through a fault of your own or not, I don't care. And no company would ever hire you as an employee again. What would you do? What could you do? How could you use the considerable skills, talents, and experience you already have to monetize them in a different way? And if today you don't know how or what you would do, really think hard about whose fault is that and what might you do about that starting today to rectify that situation. Well, thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. My name is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. The truth is, it's not easy coming up with content for a daily podcast like Executive Presence Morsels. One way I keep things fresh is by constantly learning from others. An easy and convenient way to do this is through audiobooks, and the Rolls-Royce of audiobooks is Audible. Today, our listeners can try a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you credits for up to two premium titles of your choosing, access to the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. It's a buffet and no credits needed. And a friendly email reminder before your trial ends. Go to www.connectioncounselor.com slash bookme to sign up. And while you're there, check out my latest book reviews. Thank you for supporting our show. Hi, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and welcome to Season 19 of Executive Presence Morsels. This week, we're kicking off Paradox Week, where we talk about two things that seem to exist together, but in contradiction of each other. Before we get started on today's Paradox, just wanted to mention something um, hopefully it'll be of use to you. I have been experiencing just this horrible elbow, shoulder, back pain recently and had no idea where it was coming from. And then I realized I had lowered my chair a little bit, probably trying to record a video or something and get the right angle. And so I'd unduly been putting a lot of stress um, on my elbow and arms when I was typing because my seat was much lower. So if you ever experience something weird like that, maybe... 
Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel.